just out here throwing dollar bills like he's at a strip club right now. Just all these golfers just shock. <laughs> just taking cash. Dude, I, I'm interested to see what ends up happening with this thing because the amount of money this guy has thrown around, why well, I know it's not just him, but the amount of money that's been thrown at some of these players, I don't think the PGA realized what was happening there with that amount of money being thrown around. They, you don't think they thought they people were going to hop over like that? Uh, I mean, I, I definitely think they could see that there were going to be players going after, you know, over to the LIV league. But I was thinking that yeah, but Ricky, they probably Phil, right, who so just had comments say, about it, like right. So like, I was imagining <laughs> maybe they're thinking like these guys that are somewhat past their prime, which obviously Phil is. Ricky hasn't been playing to his best, but. Yeah, I, I just I don't think they were aware of how much money was being thrown out there. I mean, DJ's contract or whatever it is, I don't even know the details of the contract, but 125 mil, that's the totality of what Tiger won in his entire career. That's and he crazy just made money, that. It's dirty money. Right. Oh, it's dirty. I'm just Oof. saying, I mean, there's going to be guys that are be, going to be coming up, some of these younger guys probably. I know they won't be getting contracts like that, but they're going to see money flying around in that league and say, okay, well, I could spend my entire career on the PGA. Yes, it would be awesome to try to match some of the stats and the career careers that some of these past players have had, but I could go over here and start something new that doesn't exist yet and get paid 50-fold, 100-fold. 100%. Do you see they offered Tiger Woods just under a billion? Under a billion dollars. Absolutely nuts. I mean, he turned it it down because he's Tiger Woods. But (laughs) That Tiger Woods, man, sticking to his guns, not saying yes to that LIV money. You know, what what a guy, what a major tournament man. He just wants to stay in the majors, win the majors, be the major. Good for Tiger. He is the major. He is the major. Welcome to Good Lies Golf. I'm Ryan Sherman, and I shot a 106 this week. Solid 106. Straight. No bullshit. No breakfast ball. I was in there. Then I got Brendan Lawson across the way here. Brendan was a lucky duck. Got to go to the memorial this week. Got to see the winner himself, Billy Ho, take it home. Lucky dog. And then Zach will actually not be joining us tonight because he is playing in the Long Island Open and he needs his rest. The man is precious. We're the boys from Good Lies Golf and welcome to another episode. Cheers. So yeah, Brendan, you had a great week there. You uh, got to go to the Memorial Tournament. Look at you, lucky duck. How was that, dude? It it was honestly really fucking sweet. I've never been to a PGA Tour event. Yeah, I think me I've either. only honestly been to one golf event in my life, and it was at like a pro am or some shit when I was eleven. No, it it was awesome. It was everything it was cracked up to be. I think I lucked out with it being my first event, it being the Memorial at Jack's place. Uh, you know, it's it's what he created to 
kind of run parallel or compete with, I guess you could say, Augusta. So it was top notch. The grounds were just phenomenal. And then just the fact that, I mean, you know, when you go to a PGA Tour event that on every hole, there are pros playing, obviously. Right. But until until you get there and you're sitting on 10 and you just see guys just continually rolling in and then you go over to 11 or 12 and just constantly you're like, oh, okay, well, there's Corey Connors. All right, there's John Rahm. There's Mito Pereira. Like, it's just insane. I was just literally sitting there just rattling off every player that came and I was just like, holy fuck, man. Like, this is really cool. These are guys I watch on TV and I'm just sitting here watching how good they are. Now, and, have in you, person. Now, if you compared that to like other sporting events that you've been to, like basketball or baseball or whatever it is, would you say that's the most kind of surreal experience where you get to be that close and that like up close with so many different ones? Yeah, I mean, it, obviously every sport is completely different. Uh, I love watching all the other sports and going to those events, but they're just, it's just a different environment. I mean, you're really there, you're just taking in like I said, the grounds of the course, like how pristine everything is kept, how immaculate the greens are and the fairways are mowed. And then on top of that, you're you're seeing these guys that are true professionals play what may be the most difficult game there is. And they're they're just so on top of their game and they're putting the ball where that needs to be and they're making these incredible shots. I mean, fuck. The best shot that I didn't even see, of course, I, I have my phone out for like 10 minutes straight. And then one time I put it down, uh, I hear a huge cheer and I look up and Corey Connors eagles from 170 yards out right on the hole that I'm standing on. And I'm not looking <laughs> like, are you fucking kidding me? But blink of an eye. But, that's why people bring those lawn chairs. They don't get up. They just sit there right, all day right. and just. Bam! They don't get up. They catch every. Dude, moment. it was it was so That's classic. Great. I'm not even I'm not even exaggerating that. I literally filmed like three groups come through. So like six straight guys. I yeah, filmed you were like our every content guy took. all week. Correspondent to the max. You were throwing out content. We had some great great A level content coming out of Good Lives Golf this past weekend. I'll tell you that. Yeah, it, it was it was pretty it was pretty awesome, man. I mean, definitely uh, definitely want to try to go back there again next year. Now that I know what it truly all about um and not to mention maybe i'll make a little trip up there yeah but on top of that i'm at mirfield and you know they're famous for their milkshakes so i had to try one got me a little strawberry milkshake and it, it was phenomenal i can't even lie it was really fucking good there you go he got a milkshake from jack's house oh believe it and I mean, I'm basically boys with him now. Not really. I mean, I shook his hand, talked to him for a couple of minutes. But uh, Jack Nicholas, number two, he's the chairman of the tournament. So I got to meet him, uh, talk to him a little bit, and a uh, really nice guy. So that was a pretty pretty sweet opportunity wow. right there. Wow. Is he coming on the podcast? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he already knew who we were, man. Oh, that's great. That's great. Yeah, I'm sure he did. I'm sure he knew exactly who we were. Right off the bat, and he was like, "Hey, man, how's Ryan's game? Is he shooting in the nineties consistently yet, or what?" It was, uh, it was That's a sweet. surreal experience, be, though. That's just crazy. Tournament. I've been, yeah. I've never been to a PGA Tour event either, and I've always wanted to go to one. And that's going to be on my list just to go up there and see that. And I think that there's a lot of events that I should start going to because they're they're accessible. They are yeah. accessible. Yeah, for sure. And uh, be on the lookout too, man. I, I might get an opportunity to play 
play Mirfield uh, later this summer. So might be going up there with, with my wife's dad and, and hit the leaks a little bit, lose a whole bunch of balls, but uh, might be an opportunity in a lifetime. I can't turn that down. There you go. That would be incredible. What are we going to say, I mean, about Billy Ho, right? I mean, comes in, family man, starts slaying on a Saturday and Sunday, just crushing the field, just dominating golf. I mean, I did not expect that. I mean, I, I figured he would play well and have a good showing, but I did not think he was just going to rip it up like that. That that was like a powerhouse round. Yeah, that that was insane. I mean, we we know Billy. You know, he, he's a great iron player. He's very streaky. He can he can get extremely hot, but he can also be really cold. He's super volatile, so I think that kind of makes it difficult to to pick him and throw him in lineups, but. I mean, we, we saw just how hot this guy can get. You know, round three on a, on a Saturday, the dude shoots 65 and just vaults himself up to the top of the leaderboard. And, you know, round four on Sunday, he did exactly what he needed to do. He, you know, he shot right around par and uh, everybody else pretty much crumbled. I mean, you had guys like Cam Young. I don't want to throw him under the bus, but yeah, guy was right. sit, sitting seven under and then, you know, he ends up shooting an 84, making Davis us Riley. all look like we're pros. Davis Riley on Sunday didn't have a great day. I think he shot plus four. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it, it, I think I'd even say that Sunday round for Billy was just as impressive as his 65 on Saturday, just given, one, he's at the top of the leaderboard to start the day. Two, how everybody else played. It was obviously difficult conditions. Um, and then three, I mean, he comes down and he's on the back nine with just a few holes to go and ends up making eagle to really separate himself uh, from Aaron Wise and, and put the nail in the coffin. So yeah. uh, really impressive week uh, for Billy. And you know, excited to see him get a win. It had been a while. Yeah. Shout out to Billy Ho. Hell of a win. Did you get to see him have any incredible shots before he did that last 18 putt? Uh, I'll be honest. I didn't. I didn't. I mean, it was. It was the first time I was at one of those events. Obviously, I, you know, I mentioned that, but I think I just kind of took the opportunity of being there, only being there for one round, trying to see as much golf as I could and as many players as I could. So when we actually got there, I saw Aaron Rye, a couple other guys tee off of one, and then I walked over to number 10, saw Ricky and Patrick Reed. And then I end, ended up sitting on a, uh, 10 green for a while and just seeing guys coming through and and honestly that was the best part of the day just because i don't know what it was about that par 4 10th hole but guys were just throwing darts at the uh at the pen and then you got guys like brant snedeker hitting 30 yards wedges, wedges. Yep. Legend. and uh that was that was just really really cool but no i i missed out uh, i could hear the cheer from when billy ho hit that that eagle putt um, on, I believe, 15, and uh, I wish I could have seen that, out. but, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. no, but, you know, I, I missed that, just be, I I took that opportunity to go make sure I had a good spot for 18. That's so. smart, man, you played it well, and you got us some great content, so shout out to Brandon. Yeah, yeah. But segueing in now, this week, to the RBC Canadian Open. This is held at St. George's Golf and Country Club in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. It's regarded essentially as one of the best courses in Canada. It's a par 70, 7,014 yards, so it's not that long, but it plays longer than it gives off. 
And it does have bent grass greens, extremely fast. And the rough is set to be thick and very penal. The rough is thicker than standard tour events to protect the course. So the greens um, will also be much faster this time around as well. So really, second shot golf course and off the tee is going to be a little forgiving, but the greens are dynamic and small. And they're surrounded by a lot of bunkers and thick rough, and you really have to be crafty around it. So we'll, we'll see who's got some game this week and can get it done. Yeah, for sure. Uh, to your point, I think the course is going to play longer than the yardage there. You have some unique holes here that we don't typically see. I mean, we have three par fives. All of them are 560 yards or shorter. So they're not super, super long par fives that we're running into. They're all gettable, definitely scoring holes. We also have five par threes, which are four, you know, four of which are 200 yards and over. So I think we're going to find some guys, maybe a little Harold Varner coming back into action. I don't know if he's recuperated a little bit from that terrible back nine at the Schwab. As we mentioned in that episode, he's a great long par three scorer. And uh, like I mentioned, we got four of those here. So could come into play a little bit. Yeah. I think Harold Varno would be a solid pick. Obviously, driving accuracy being slightly a concern, but I think if he can just keep that under control, I think he'll have a good week. Yeah. It's a big field, too. Sure. It's, it's it's back to a big field. It's an open, so you know, 156 golfers this week. Five of the top 10 in the world will be teeing off. So you got guys like Scotty Scheffler, Justin Thomas, Cameron Smith, Rory, Shane Lowry, Fitzpatrick, and the just-fresh-winning Sam Burns, who's enjoying his new Pontiac Firebird. So, pretty crazy. It's a pretty stacked field. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's uh, ripping right right across the border in the Schwab Firebird. That would be... He's driving that to the event. That would be pretty fucking sweet of him. Just rolls up to the first tee, pops out of that. <laughs> that would be pretty... That'd epic, be sick. I will say. <laughs> But these 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 yeah. greens at this course, I was reading a lot about how the course had changed a lot. They really did a lot of work to it. And since 2000, I think it was 14, they had something redesigned in 2012. And then really a lot of changes started 2014. And they made this course a lot more difficult. They made the greens specifically a hell of a lot faster. And they made the approaches very tough. So you're going to see a lot of undulation. You're going to see a lot of sloping and and... You're, you're going to have to be accurate. If you're not accurate, there's there's going to be some trouble for you. Yeah, but the to top that off, too, I mean, this place is just littered, especially the greens, um, around the greens with bunkers. So I think sand play and scrambling is going to be a huge factor this week, too. You know, who plays well out of the bunkers, who plays well just in general around greens, who's able to recover from maybe a missed shot or two. I think that's going to be a major, major factor because to your point, it's not a super long course. So they have to find other ways that are going to make it difficult for these players. Um, exactly. And, and uh, I think that's where you were. These, the David Hasselhoffs of the week are uh, going to prevail. So I don't know if you have any idea or, or any thoughts on who that David Hasselhoff player is going to be this week, but yeah, I uh, wish kids was in the that field. Could be interesting. Kids, kids is your boy, right? <laughs> For that kind of stuff. For some scramble. You know, for some scramble, that's always my guy. Yeah, they call him the Eggman. He's always scrambling. I mean, Shane Lowry's a scramble fiend. Matt Cooch, but Matt Cooch ain't playing. 
Matt Fitzpatrick is also a scramble fiend, but he's high priced. Yep. Those guys are high priced. You know, you gotta you gotta pay a pretty penny. You gotta pay the toll there to get those guys. And then and then you got sand save percentage. That's gonna be a factor, like you said this week. Big factor. Uh, JT very good at that kind of stuff. Shane Lowry again, very good out of the sand. Definitely a good pick. And then you got the Canadian Adam Hadwin, very good out of the sand. So I think you got a few good options there in DraftKings that can really kind of elevate your game to give you a little chance. And even a guy like Matthias Schwab, I know it's a kind of a random dark horse or Luke Donald if you want to really throw a value pick and get some value. But those guys are great out of the sand, great scramble golfers, and and, and really throw it down too. So there's a lot of value in that, even better than Rory on tour. So I think that's something to speak for when you're picking these lineups, trying to get some value out of them. But for yeah. sure. I mean, you get, yeah. you got to pick your poison a little bit though. You know, I mean, are you picking a Luke Donald and hoping he's hot elsewhere? Cause I know he's a great scam- yeah. uh, scrambler. He's decent around the greens, but that guy cannot hit a fairway to save his life. Yep. And that and, would be uh, a huge concern I, for me. Yep. Then again, man, I mean, sometimes these guys, they come in, uh, they just, they're feeling good. Momentum's on their side and they end up playing well. And, uh, you know, it could be that week for Luke Donald. I was curious though, Sherm, cause you mentioned Adam Hadwin. And if I'm blowing up anyone in your lineup, I do apologize. Just cut me off. But do you think a Canadian is able to pull it off this week and get a W? Oh, I, I, I think absolutely. They have a great shot. I won't spoil my surprise and say what I think the winner is going to be nationality wise. But I will say I definitely have a fair share of Canada in my lineup. Okay. So I think that hometown advantage will play a factor here. I think they want the pride of winning the Canadian Open. I think that's a very special thing for them, just like the U.S. Open would be for a U.S. golfer. I think, you know, like a Brooks Kepka winning that is so significant. I, I just think that those kind of moments, I think this is what they really play for all year like it's their kind of masters you know you don't think there's too much pressure no no i don't think there's too much pressure i think this is one of those things they want to they want to enjoy it it's part of their moment this is like their heritage this is their tournament i think they're going to be proud to play and want to shoot well and i think a lot of these guys that are from canada have played this course i i mean i hope they do well i would love to see a canadian win i mean that would just be awesome for for canada in general but you know I, i don't know history's not on their side man a Canadian hasn't won since 1954. So it's, it's been, I don't know, more than a couple years. Yeah. Mike, yeah, Weir, right. Mike Weir's in the field, though. Mike Weir's in the field, and he's super cheap. He was the last guy that had an opportunity, but that was all the way back in 2004. He lost yeah, I think he's just a little BJ too old Singh. to compete these days with the big boys. No offense to Mike. I know he's a good golfer, hell of a golfer, can still compete, but just I don't think he's got enough to take it home, to be honest. But possible, yeah, yeah. definitely. I'm, of course, I'm I'd stoked, like to play dude. It. Yeah, yeah. It, it looks like it's going to be really awesome course to see, uh, just from a visual standpoint on TV. But I'm stoked, man. I'm stoked for the tournament in general. Uh, you know, up prior to, or I guess during, kind of the the Warriors way way back when, because this tournament's been going on since 1904. You know, 118 years old, but this was considered like one of the big three. You had the U S open, the open championship, and then the Canadian open. That was, that was kind of the three tournaments that were major, major, major. And, uh, 
Do you know if anyone has ever won all three in the same year? I actually don't know. Do you? Let me let me rephrase that. If someone were to were to win all three in the same year, who do you think it'd be? Tiger Woods. Absolutely, two thousand. Oh, right. Yep. Look at you. What a stud! And that was called the Triple Crown. So he's he's one of only. There's actually there's only one other guy that did it. And it was Lee Trevino, but that was in 1971. So pretty uh, prestigious. Yeah, I think so many things are just going to be a factor this week. You, you're you're going to have to get your long drive, but you will have to be accurate. Like we were talking about before, driving accuracy will matter. I'm a little concerned because one or two of my picks don't have the greatest driving accuracy, but I just took the risk and figured, you know what? As long as they can somewhat keep it inbound there, then they can have a decent approach shot if they're a great approach golfer. So really, I was more so focusing on the approach and the around the greens and the putting. Yeah, no, I, I think you're you're dead on there. To your point, you got to be accurate to some extent, right? Like driving the ball a thousand miles, not going to do a whole lot here. It's a shorter course. Uh, there are a lot of pen, penal areas, like you said, and I think approach game around the green that's going to be massive. But I did go a little bit of a different way than you, I guess, just based on what I'm hearing from you, because I I did take into accuracy off off the uh, tee a little more heavy than you did. And reason being, I just, you know, I figure if guys are playing out of the fairway, they're going to have better opportunities to hit a good, clean approach shot. So hopefully that'll keep them away from those bunkers. But who knows, man, this is, it's a tough week to make a lineup. Like you said, big field, very top heavy. You got a lot of great, very, very uh, top heavy field this week. And it falls off quickly. Falls off very quickly. Definitely made it difficult and interesting to make a a lineup. Some of these guys might be a shot in the dark, but I I think it makes it fun though. Yeah. I was, I was thinking in my head, like, okay, I'll take the lower driving accuracy percentage guy and I'll maybe sacrifice that because he is really highly ranked in Eagles. You know, it's like, I I took my trade off. I took my, my give and take there with that. So I kind of tried to balance it out with other attributes that I thought would be valuable on this course. Yeah, for sure. Makes sense, man. I just kind of, fuck it, man. I don't know. I, I went pretty heavy with some guys that play really well, just top to bottom, tee to green. And then, you know, I got a little crazy, got a little wild with about half of my lineup now that I look at it. <laughs> Is that good? Is it going <laughs> to, I don't know. Hey, we all kind of bummed we'll out see. last week, so I think this week would be fine. To be fair, my lineup actually would have done very well had Hideki Matsuyama not been weirdly disqualified within the first few holes of his round because that was strange and if I, w- I was looking at my lineup if I would have added like another 60 70 points from a normal golfer score which Hideki in reality would have that's a top tier golfer I could have gotten for his value that would have been a hell of a lineup so even with the guy I missed a cut with it was, still would have been a great lineup so I'm really bummed about that that sucked that took a lot of uh, air out of my balloon yeah for sure you know also if you were I don't know like 12, 13 inches taller, had a 48-inch vertical, you'd probably be playing in the NBA. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Coulda, shoulda, woulda is your point, I guess, right? Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, chose a deck like you always blue. tell me, right? Yeah, but why did Hideki put white out on his club and then try to fuck with it? Like, damn it, Hideki, what are you doing? He, he couldn't see, dude. He's, he's colorblind. He thought it was a black marker. Is, that what he, is he actually colorblind? I have no idea. Be hysterical if he was. 
Um, anyway, really, I mean, I think we have really nothing left to talk about besides the moment, the picks. And I will say we have to give a congratulations to the one and only Brendan Lawson because you took home a victory this week, big guy. Congratulations. Wow. little blown away, to be honest. little blown away. Hey, I'll take it, though. I needed it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm glad I went on Sunday. You know, I gave my, gave my players an extra boost there. That's what it was. You were, you were boosting them up. And one of our buddies won a little bit of money because he was hyped up by one of your posts, and he was like, you know what? I'm going to bet on this guy today. And he did, and he won some money. It was great. I think it was Max Homa. Oh, yeah. You put, like, Max Homa in a little play line, and he did great. Speaking of lineups, coming in hot now with our lineups for this week for the RBC Canadian Open. I have to start my lineup off first because Brendan won last week. So I have the honors of going first. Lucky me. My first pick here is going to be a one Wyndham Clark. Picking Wyndham Clark here because he just has great driving distance. And I think if he gets it up there far enough, he's just going to be able to lay it up for a nice approach shot. And I think that his Eagles being 28th in the PGA is going to let him excel to kind of get a couple strokes on the competition there and put himself in a good position. Also has a great sand save percentage being 44th in the PGA Tour. And I'm saying all this and it sounds like it's not great, but he's a great value. Very low on DraftKings. So he's definitely a great pickup and he can maybe uh, make the cut, give you a great line and hook you up with some points. So I think Wyndham Clark's going to be a guy that can add some value this week. Now coming in hot, second pick, going with Brendan's boy here, taking him out of the closet. He's been in there for a little while. Nobody's really had him in his lineup and lately, you know, dusting off the toy from the shelf here. Sahith Gala, bringing in Brendan's boy for the second slot in my six-pick lineup now. So I think he's going to be the guy to get it done in the line, going to bring me some points. His tee to green is great. His around the green is great. His approach to green is great. Off the tee, his driving distance is great. His eagles are great. His, you know, scoring average is healthy. I just think that he's a great golfer, and he's going to be somebody who can get it done. Yeah, dude, I, I like that a lot. He's coming off a nice finish at the Memorial with a tee five. Right. Uh, he ranked third in the field in strokes gain tee to green there. Consistently makes cuts. Um, I like it, man. I, I like him a lot. I hope he does a little bit better than he did for when I had him as, as a pick. But we all know my track record with, you know, picks. It's usually they're cold when I pick them and they're hot the next week. So good luck right. to you, bud. Right, exactly. I think he's just going to be hot essentially because Brendan picked him and he didn't do anything. So now this week, my turn to pick him. That's great. Then we're moving on here down the line. Going to pick it up with some CT pan pulling out all the stops here ct pan he he's your guy he's your guy if you want some approach to green love and around the green love and i think that this is going to be a serious factor and when you take into account golfers that know how to scramble out of the sand my man is 26th in the pga i mean my man ct has won before so he knows how to get it done his career low round 64 so he might be flirting with a career low round no i'm just kidding but He's also had two top 10 finishes this year. So he's had a great year. He's had T6 at the um, Fortinet Championship, and then he was t uh, ninth at the Genesis. 
So, and he was 11th in the Sanderson farm. So he almost top 10 there. So I think he's been having a good year and I think he just needs to keep it up, keep the consistency and he's going to post some nice numbers for me on DraftKings. So CT Pan, shout out to him. Oh yeah. He's very, very sneaky. So very sneaky. Tenth and good, good drives gained over the last 24 rounds. And he's six in the field and strokes gain of approach over the last 24 rounds. So I like him. That's a good pick. Shout out to myself. All right. Then we're going a little risque here, picking the Canadian whose putter is unmatched, Mackenzie Hughes. Coming in with the Mackenzie Hughes pick here. I know his approach to green is kind of shot. His off the tee is kind of shot. It's a little scary picking him. However, he is a hell of a putter being 12th in the PGA. And around the green, He's pretty damn good, too, at 41st. So I think those are going to be the statistics that carry him through this, and I'm not really going to worry about all the other risky factors because, hey, sometimes you just got to get a little risky. He's won a PGA Tour victory before, and he's had three top 10 finishes this year. So he's not messing around. The RSM Classic, he came in second. The Zoe, he came in fourth. And then the Wells Fargo, he T9'd. So I I think he's got a shot here, and he's been playing some great golf, and I think uh, he'll have enough to get it done. Dude, you are an idiot. No, I'm just kidding. That's probably a pretty good pick. Yeah. Yeah. I mean it's a value pick. He's not he's not insanely high up there, but he's also not insanely cheap either. So he's kind of in the middle of value. Now yeah. the hardest decision I had to make all day was going with Adam Hadwin first. Adam Hadwin, another Canadian here on the lineup, throwing him in. I just gotta show him some respect. I don't think enough people are giving him enough credit for this tournament, and I think he's going to come in a lot more hot than people think he is. His approach to green, 30th. His around the green, 18th. His putting, 66th. Tee to green, 37th. His shots gained, 35th. I mean, those are impressive stats. He's coming in at great value. His birdie average is, is, is extremely high. His save sand percentage, 12th in the PGA. I mean, this is a guy that's screaming statistically that he can get this done. He's won before. He has four top 10 finishes this year. I don't know. It's just all kind of signs point to Adam Hadwin and hometown advantage being in Canada. I don't know. I mean, I think that's going to be it. I mean, I know he's from Saskatchewan. He's not from Ontario, but I I don't think it matters. I think it's just kind of the Canadian vibe, and I think he's going to find his way and want to win because he's Canadian. And then my final winner, my boy, Jonathan Vegas. Had to pick Jonathan here. He's just a hell of a golfer. He's got that power, but he also can keep it controlled. He's great around the greens. He knows what he's doing. I just I, I just think that his approach to the green being 42nd, his tee to green being 39th, his shots gained being top 50th in the PGA. He has great value here being in the eights numbers-wise. I think he's around $8,500. His driving distance, like we were talking about, seventh. It's just impressive for him. And I think because he's won it twice before, he knows the comfortability of this mobbed field. I mean, the Canadian Open's in a very impressive event. Like Brendan was saying, it was one of the top, you know, three events for forever, and people show a lot of respect to it. So I really think that if he can show that he can win through a crowded field of golfers two times before under that kind of pressure, I think why not again? He's really been hungry lately for a victory anyway, so why not this one? I think this is the week for him. I think this is it. Hell yeah, man. I love some Johnny Vegas. He is my boy. I was stoked. I got to see him on 18 uh, while I was waiting for Billy Ho. That dude is 
It's fucking awesome. And I think you're right. He's going to have a big week. He's an elite ball striker. I'm thinking a lot of people may stray away from him because it shows that he teased 37 last week, but that doesn't really show the whole story. He had an 81 on Saturday or on Sunday. So before that, he was easily sitting top 10. If he had just broke even, he'd probably be top five last week. So one bad round. I think that's going to steer some people away from him. So you might be that lucky guy that's sitting on some money right there with some Johnny Vegas. And not to mention, the dude is sponsored by the MLB and has a logo on a shirt that's bigger than his shirt. So why not go with that guy? <laughs> right, that guy. Let's go, Johnny. Take us home. And now to Brendan's picks. Let's hear it, Brendan. Rattle them off. All right, man. Well, like I mentioned, and as you know, very top-heavy field this week. Made it very interesting. So I got some guys here I think are going to play decent for me, but can't lie to the people, man. It's a, it's a shot in the dark here. A little bit of a crapshoot with a couple crap of these guys. scary lineup for Brendan this week, guys. So take his with a grain of salt I like and keep it. fighting. But I like it. I'm going to go with my dude, Ryan Armour. The 46-year-old man coming out of Ohio State University, the Akron boy. All right, so this guy, one of the most accurate – actually, he is the most accurate driver on tour, so I feel like he's going to put that ball in play right there where where it needs to be. And he's just going to plot himself around all week and find himself, I don't know, maybe T30, T20. I'm happy with that. What do you think? Wow, I think that's a good call. I think playing a little old man golf, a little light and crispy out there, a little Bud Light game, a little, you know, a little nice light crispy drive right in the middle of the fairway, just showing everybody that, you know, who cares if I drive it 30, 40 yards less than everybody else. I'm right in the middle, and here's my approach. Absolutely, man. I'm feeling that same way. So, yeah, that's that's my plotter. He's just going to navigate himself around, have himself a nice little vacation Hmm. for the weekend. Next, I got our boy, Zach's boy, little Doug Gim. Hmm. I'm going to go a little Doug Gim this week. All right, I'm going to throw him out there. Zach's been all over him weeks and weeks and weeks, and uh, I think I want to jump on the train a little bit here. Hmm. He's an accurate driver of the ball. Like I said, he's going to get the ball in the fairway. He's good on approach. He's decent tee to green. I think he's going to be another one of those guys that just kind of plots around and and, – you know, he's in the mix a little bit. Yeah, I think that's a good call. The only thing that would concern me slightly is the putting, but Zach was saying it, Absolutely. that he's he's looking good on the putting as of late, and I think he's turning uh, the game around there, and, and I think uh, we're going to root for our boy, Doug Gim, get a little something happening. That's a good pick. we got to hype him up a little bit. So I'm rolling with the Gim, man. Next, I got my boy Chris Goddard up, and he's going to keep it up, and he's going to use it this week. I'll tell you one thing, no stats on this guy, all right? He's only got one event on tour, and it was a T7 at the Puerto Rico Open. I'm rolling the dice with this dude, all right? Mm. I feel like I feel like why not? The guy's last name is Goddard. You got to do it. Sometimes you got to do it. Got to do it. From there, man, it gets a little tough here. To your point, Sherm, I'm going to go with Adam Hadwin. I do have him. He rattled off all his stats. The guy is a baller. He's uh, consistent across the board. One of the best around the green players that we have on tour. I know that's going to be a big piece this week. He's got the Canadian flag on his shoulders. 
I know Corey Connors is going to play well, but I, I'd go out on a limb and say Adam Hadwin ends up being the best uh, Canadian out there this week. Mm, and that's a crowded Canadian field too, you know, Hughes, Hadwin, Connors. Next, I'm going to go, I mean, this dude's a staple in my lineup almost every week. I got to I got to do it. I got to go Shane Lowry. Shane Lowry, Why yeah, wouldn't great I? pick for this. I mean, this guy, he is ninth in strokes gain total. He's pretty good around the greens. He's 11th on approach. He's a uh, great driver of the ball. He's a great putter. What else can you say? I feel like week after week we see this guy contending. Um, his his floor is very high and his ceiling is even higher. Why not put him in a lineup every week? Yeah, makes sense. And uh, with with that said, man, I guess I got to do my winner, right? The big guy. Is this is this crazy? Is it, what am I about to do? Crazy? Probably. I'm a fucking nut job. I'm going Matt Fitzpatrick again this week. Hey, Matt Fitzpatrick. I'm going back, back, back to, to day, back winners. Back, to back Didn't even make the cut last week. Yeah. Brendan's saying, you know what? Fuck it. He's going to win this week. That's right. Yo, and honestly, the story didn't didn't really shine through last week. Yes, he missed the cut. He. I think if you look back at his stats, he was across the board. If you take putting out, he was like up on the field, like almost 20 strokes. He lost seven strokes over two days, just putting. He had one of his worst putting, I guess, events his entire career last week. So I'm going to throw that out the door. I think he's coming back. He's going to bounce back. This dude is absolutely elite. He is top 10 in almost every single category you can imagine uh, across the board. And I think what really matters is he is number one strokes gain total. And I think he's going to come out this week looking for a little revenge after last week. And he's going to get that W. Wow. Great pick. Matt Fitzpatrick, Brendan Lawson, making a big call there. Usually Matt Fitzpatrick's my boy, but I'll lend him to Brendan for this week while I take Johnny. That's okay. I think last week was just a little bugaboo. Oh, we're going to fix that up, patch that right up, and uh, put him on to next week there. Uh, Okay. There we go. Honorable mentions that aren't our picks right before we go. Let's throw them out. Little Rory McIlroy. Obviously, come on. If you want to throw a big, big heavy hitter out there, throw Rory in the lineup. I think a value player, strokes gained off the tee, you can hit a Hayden Buckley up. I think that's a good value player. He's seventh in strokes gained. It's kind of a great value for what he's valued at. I think it's like $6,900. He's under seven grand. Crazy. And then you got uh, Justin Rose, also a pretty decent value there. And first in strokes gained on the uh, par 70 courses. So... On the, on the shorter yardage par 70s. I think that's very important. So I think Justin Rose could be a good factor here this week too. Just a couple little extra names for people if, you know, they're not trying to go with our lineups, but a little something-something, you know, yeah. for the people. Why he's going to be the number, or potentially the number one Canadian golfer. But Corey Connors, man, he is elite across the board. He's having one of his best seasons ever putting. Um, and he currently ranks fourth in greens and regulation, which I think will be a, a big piece this week. So I love the way he's playing. I think he's going to have a, a really big week. Uh, either he or Adam Hadwin will be that top Canadian this week. And then uh, for my sake Chris Kirk, Chris Kirk's been in lineups the last couple of weeks. I think this course is really suited yeah, well for him. Back. Um, 
one of those guys that kind of just plots and plots himself around the course, but he is absolutely elite around the green. And we know with all the bunkers and the small greens, uh, that's going to be a big piece this week. Absolutely. And, uh, the la the last guy I'll throw out there, Brendan Todd, I think Brendan Todd is in a really good range is in the eight thousands. I almost picked this him guy, instead of CT, but I just picked him. I picked CT instead because I think he's going to get it done a little better. But yeah, his his putting's great it, and solid. Yeah, yeah. No, I I, I thought the CT pan uh, pick was a really really good one. But to your point, Brennan Todd is is kind of in that same range. Um, he's a really accurate driver of the ball, proficient putter. Um, so I think he'll have a nice week. Yeah, I agree. Well. I think that'll do it. I think that goes ahead and does it for Good Lines Golf and another week of all our picks and wise cracks and good knowledge. Zach will be with us next week to discuss the next tournament, which is a big one. Got the U.S. Open coming up. Hell of a week. But for now, that's going to be a week. The RBC Canadian Open. Cheers. And we'll see you this weekend.